Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. From Exodus 4, a small chunk. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. Amen. Welcome to our penultimate dispatch from the Exodus and our final week of being split up into our various smaller house churches, uh, Lord willing and rain allowing next week. We will all be together on the CCF line, lawn for one final uh, Sunday service to kick us all uh, off into the summer. Reed will be giving us the good word on that day next Sunday. I uh, just do want to say quickly thank you to all of you who have uh, shown up for House Church, um, to you especially who have helped serve in some way, servant squad and small group leaders and um, people who have emceed and served communion. It's been um, amazingly encouraging to me uh, all semester and all year really to see you guys um, step into um, these new and different house church kinds of settings, uh, but for us to be able to um, be in the same Exodus word all year, um, for us to get to uh, partake the body and blood of Christ, um, to hear the word, to be together. Um, it's been incredible. I do look forward to uh, hopefully a normal -er year next year, um, but I think we should take a moment uh, and be thankful for what we've uh, gotten to do together even at a distance um, this semester. So once again, our penultimate dispatch for the semester. Um, it has a title. It's called The Power of Two. Moses and Aaron, Reed and me, you and who. And it begins uh, thusly with an email from March 4th, 2015. Sheesh, six years ago. Um, this is an email from me. It says, hello interns, CCF interns. As you may, if you were conscious or may not, if you were in a comma, coma, have noticed, intern time on Sunday was fairly atypical. Specifically, I don't always end up stampeding around like a raging bull, red-faced with steam rising up from my bulging eyeballs. I was not even intending for that to happen this time. I just kept getting more excited until it escalated all the way to that scenario. If you were scared, upset, or offended, I apologize. I realize I g it got intense, but it was not a personal attack on any of you or on anyone else. That is not to say I didn't mean what I was saying. I did, and I do. But it is to acknowledge that wherever exactly the too far line is, once I'm exploding even more of Mandy Clevenger's chalk against the wall and multiple people are crying, it's safe to say we're on the far side of that line. So I apologize. 
there's anything you'd like to further clear up or discuss of either the content or the maniacal method, please come talk to me. I can almost promise I won't bite. Very much love for all of you and for all of God's idiot children. Lord have mercy. I know I'm sunk without it. Love, D-Roar. This is, as I say, an email that went out to me um, the morning after an intern time in March of 2015. Um, you don't have to know everything. Um, what you need to picture is, as was alluded to in the email, um, I was standing uh, up front in a classroom on campus before 10 interns and a couple of staff, and we were having a discussion, I'm air quoting, um, and it ended with me um, stomping and steaming and raging and out of my mind, ripping out my hair, uh, and turning and firing pieces of chalk against the wall that just exploded um, cathartically, symbolically. <coughs> um, you might say uh, that if I were a bit more self-aware, I could hear in Moses' words to the Lord, uh, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to me. Uh, Lord, I am slow of speech and of tongue. Uh, maybe slow there is just too raging of speech and of tongue to be an effective communicator at times. Um, there are other instances. So in, in this case, um, Reed, my buddy, got to be my debriefing buddy. To He was present for the debacle, and uh, he got to help me think through how to craft an apology email and have a few uh, in-person conversations with some of the people who were either crying or <laughs> distraught. Uh, there are other such situations over the last while. Uh, Reed and I have been working together at CCF for some time now. Um, some of you, I think, were here for, we had a CCF family meeting uh, as the sermon for a Sunday service a few years ago. Um, and we did like a joint, we bounced questions off of each other and um, shared responses to like frequently asked questions or a state of the ministry address kind of a thing. Um, and we had a few ideas for how to do that. One of my last-minute ideas that Reed uh, mercifully shot down was um, we had this whole list of questions that are like um, just typical questions about why doesn't CCF evangelize and how come CCF is cliquish and how come there's no doctrinal statement that I can see if I agree with all of what CCF believes, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, my idea was to have that litany of questions um, that... Uh, I would read, I would read the question, and then I would just animalistically grunt, um, and you know, do like my bulging eyeball thing, um, and then Reed would provide like the whole actual explanation and response, and then we would move on to the next one, and I would read, you know, the next annoying question, and I would, and uh, sorry, Mary, about the recording. Um, and then Reed would provide, you know, a nice, rational, wise explanation, and we would move on. Um, we didn't, we didn't quite go that way, uh, but it, it was close. And uh, thankfully, there again, um, Reed was there as a monitoring mouthpiece to see that the people got uh, something that would make sense and be non-threatening. Um, there have been times with the CCF board. We have a board of directors who are like the overseeing body for CCF. Um, so I, as the boss, occasionally get to have, um, you know, more difficult conversations with them. Um, and the last few of those, um, I've requested that Reed accompany me for those because anything I know, Reed knows. And uh, again, he has the ability to 
translate what are just my uh, disbelieving bulging eyeballs into um, what I mean to the board, and he's uh, just a you know a helpful grease for those um, for those meetings. Um, other sensitive student situations, uh, Reed will craft, you know, the three or four page email to explain in full uh, why we hear you and yet we also disagree with you, you know, disgruntled, concerned student who's thinking of leaving CCF, whatever. Um, whereas my responses tend to be a bit more mosaic and I'm willing to hear students and listen and talk, uh, but I, I have a bit more of I guess just a caveman eloquence. Uh, and Reed is aironic. And um, the sermon then is called The Power of Two, Moses and Aaron, Reed and me, you and who. Uh, because in this scripture that we're reading in Exodus 4, um, we're getting here at the beginning, um, God sending Moses to the people, sending Moses, Moses on behalf of the people um, to Pharaoh to, to bring about this purpose, to um, create this new people um, and to set them free. And um, we, we see, uh, importantly, that Moses, he doesn't go that alone. He's not um, some heroic uh, can-do, I am the guy for the job leader. Um, but here from the very beginning, um, God gives him a, a partner, a ministry partner, um, I think for, for Moses' sake, uh, also for the sake of the people. Um, we'll go on to see uh, Moses and God bickering like uh, a married couple later on through Exodus, like, uh, these, your people, they're so freaking annoying, and if you better take them up and deliver them or else, and uh, Moses and God are going back and forth. Um, I like to think of Aaron as uh, that ministry partner again to uh, bounce ideas off of for Moses to translate uh, on behalf of God for Moses to the people. Um, um, so as we've uh, moved through Exodus and seen um, all of these times where uh, the text refers to the Lord either speaking to Moses or to Aaron or Moses and or Aaron going into Pharaoh, um, I haven't been able to help myself but just to read that through the lens of my own life and ministry uh, next to um, next to read, and so uh, the power of two thing. Um, it it came from uh, a, a guy I know at a seminary in Tennessee that I've taken some classes at. Um, I was staying at his house a few years ago. And I'm sitting in the living room in a rocking chair, across from Tim Ross, this amazing wise guy, seminary professor, missionary, etc. And um, he's telling me about uh, this book that he read. Uh, it's called The Power of Two. And uh, he's telling me how it prompted him um, to identify and cultivate um, this kind of uh, writer relationship, writing partnership um, with a woman who is a pastor from way off wherever that he um, knew through whatever. But um, uh, through this book, The Power of Two, he was persuaded um, that it was worth it to put in the time and energy um, to make the appropriate sacrifices, to say no to lots of other stuff, um, to uh, be able to hone his sermon writing craft um, with, with one other person. So in this partnership, they would um, send their sermons to each other, um, they would bounce ideas off each other, they would edit each other's stuff, they would um, you know, talk regularly uh, about what's going on in their own churches and in their own um, sermon writing life. And he said, it's really been revolutionary for me um, to have this one consistent presence 
um, that, that I know um, I can go to that's going to hold me accountable for this kind of stuff. And he said um, this idea of the power of two has really been um, revolutionary because before I would either just try to go it alone, um, do it myself, or I would spread out. You know, I would have um, a few people that I would talk through things with, uh, but not one person that would be definitely there, um, rock solid, creating this power of two. Um, and it was really weird. I still, I remember vividly that moment sitting there um, and the title of this book um, that I've never read, I don't even know the author, I've never looked into it anymore. All I know is the five minute description that Tim Ross gave me, um, but as he described it, and he said that's um, what I've gotten from this idea of the power of two, um, it really, it, it radically changed my life and specifically my ministry life because it occurred to me uh, Reed and I had been here working at CCF for many years together, uh, along with lots of other staff people. And uh, quick side note, I love all the staff, all the staff throughout all of history that I've ever worked with. You are all very special and you know I love you. Um, and yet you will also know um, there is this deeper truth that um, Reed and I are intended soulmately to be together and to minister together. Um, and so my life was radically changed because um, things just just clicked in my mind. I was like, oh my goodness. Um, the whatever time that Reed and I do take to talk sermons together, to you know read the same book at the same time, to co-lead a small group, to do whatever, like that's always amazing, magical time that is incredibly constructive and that uh, just pays huge dividends. Uh, but I always feel a little guilty about doing it because you know shouldn't Reed and I like spread ourselves out to be able to reach more students and to do more different things. Um, but hearing Tim Ross talk about um, this idea of the power of two and uh, really the, the benefit of digging in to um, this, this one important relationship, um, it, it changed a lot. So over you know the last five years, I don't know how long it's been, Keevan will point to it as the time at which Derek and Reed started reading poetry to each other. So there's like a before and after line there, I guess. Uh, but five years ago or whatever it was, um, I described this to Reed, and I, s I basically asked him out. I was like, "Hey, I think that we need to do this." And you know, we kind of do. We've, uh, but we need this like DTR where we say um, we're going to meet, you know, every week um, to talk sermons and just to read Exodus together, bounce sermon ideas off each other. Um, we're going to read other stuff. We're going to be unapologetic about, um, you know, leading movie small groups together, um, tag teaming all kinds of ministry stuff, and um, it has become, uh, I, I, I wish that we had started that sooner. And um, as I hear in Exodus, again, um, of Moses and Aaron um, being kind of brought together by God um, for this team partnership approach in, in um, them going to Pharaoh and then uh, leading the people out, uh, I, I, I have heard... Um, also, that they um, they moved beyond this first reading where Aaron is essentially Moses' mouthpiece. You know, Moses is scared and God says, fine, he'll talk for you. Um, Reed has had plenty of times to translate my caveman speak. Um, but there's also a little bit later in that same chapter, um, of chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 27, it says this. The Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words the Lord, of the Lord with which he had sent him to speak and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. 
Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they had heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. Uh, and I, I like here um, that there's a furthering of, it's not just this unidirectional Moses hears from the Lord and then uh, Aaron translates for Moses. Uh, but it says, then Moses and Aaron together went and gathered together all the elders of the people. Um, and they're presented as this, uh, this pair, this, this partnership, uh, a tandem. And um, you'll actually see throughout the book of Exodus, uh, lots of linguistic oddities actually where um, the Lord will say something to Moses and then in the text it will say that Aaron went and did the thing or the Lord, Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and then one of them goes and does the thing. Um, and there's kind of this, uh, this, this blending, like they're sometimes seen interchangeably, um, but often they're also seen as this uh, blended, unified entity, Moses and Aaron as um, one tag team ministry partnership. And uh, I, I have just thought a lot over the last few years about um, how that plays itself out um, in, well, in, in CCF specifically, uh, but looking through the, the book of Exodus also, uh, I, I really, um, I, I think we can slip into this dangerous notion of like pastor as CEO, and we like worship Steve Jobs, and we worship the big mega church pastor who, you know, does it alone, and he's the lonely leader on top. Um, I have no ambitions for any of that whatsoever. Uh, and uh, I've, I've actually, I've seen how um, God uses uh, deep partnerships um, to, to achieve what he wants to do. And uh, it, it, it makes sense to me, actually, because um, if you think about um, at the very top, um, God himself is, is already um, a, tr a trinity of relationships. Like there's God, Father, Son, and Spirit um, who are already in this dynamic, interpersonal kind of relationship. Um, and then God, um, when he calls Moses, um, enters into a new dynamic interpersonal relationship um, with Moses. And uh, it's not just Moses there, but for Moses and Aaron, there's a, um, a, a deep partnership. And then when you read through Exodus, you see um, the relationship of Moses and Aaron to the people um, is also this, this relationship of mutuality and reciprocity. So there's Moses and Aaron are, you know, they're the leaders and they're out front doing whatever, um, but they're also um, the sacrificial servants um, who are, you know, fasting and praying in the wilderness for 40 days and who are on their knees begging God not to destroy the people. And um, they're responding to the people's cries and complaints and needs. And there's um, a, a mutuality. It's, it's not a simple, we are the leaders, shut up and follow us. Um, but there's this interpersonal, um, reciprocal mutuality that is, it's a partnership, it's um, cooperative. And so it makes sense to me um, that within the leadership team itself um, here at CCF, it's not just me and Reed, we have um, a whole team with the new kids and Keevan and Stephanie who have been around forever. Um, and we, we really do um, make it a point um, to, to lead as a team. Like we, we listen um, to each other, we pray together, um, we do, you know, we each have our hand in all of our own different things, uh, but we really uh, do make it a point um, to, to do things together, to lead together. Uh, and uh, for, for us, the way that that then um, bleeds out, trickles down into the body at large, uh, it, it makes sense because what we're looking to do is 
um, cooperative. We're inviting people to a participatory kind of thing. Um, so when we talk about discipleship as our goal, um, that's, that's built in. We're looking for people um, to come and be involved with other people. And um, our hope is that um, as, as people um, within those various relationships, within their small groups, with um, their housemates, with people in their classes, um, as you come to CCF and uh, worship together and serve together, um, our, our hope is that uh, in those uh, mutual participatory relationships, like that is where our discipleship of Jesus um, grows. That, that's where it happens. Um, so there are you know, personal angles to our spiritual lives. I hope that you have quiet time on your own, and I think that you need solitude and um, personal media fasting and all of that. Um, but those things are not separate from uh, the, the larger community. And um, I, I think that uh, this, this idea of the power of two um, would, uh, would go a long way for, for your own um, life of discipleship. And um, I, I realize uh, not everyone has the, the privilege, the benefit of working with their best friend and um, vocational soulmate for, for 15 years. Um, I'm not saying that you have to, uh, but I, I do want to hold up before you um, that it's worth it to pay attention to the people that God has brought into your life and to ask, uh, like, like what, what is maybe God making possible here? Um, like, when we spend time doing this or when we spend time having this discussion or serving in this way, like, real and good things happen. There are, there are sparks there. Uh, the, these relationships are for the, the good of the larger body. So there's the power of the two people but it's not just inward focused, like that decays and rots and gets nasty and you've seen people who are, you know, just totally together only for the sake of themselves and it's gross. Uh, but what God does in Moses and Aaron, what I've seen God do uh, in me and Reed, what I've seen God do in lots of pairs of you um, is uh, in the time that you commit to spending together, to sacrificing, to, you know, go on that road trip together, to take that same class together, to host a dinner together. Um, that's for the good of the people around you. Um, and there's actually, uh, there's this centri centrifugal, it's, it's pulling it in, it's pulling other people in. It's the centrifugal effect um, of the power of what God is working in you guys is for the good um, of those around you. And I, I, I just, I wanna turn this invitation to you then. Um, would you pay attention uh, would you ask um, who is in your life now that God is, is, has put there um, to, um, for you to learn to grow into discipleship with um, for the good of uh, the body of Christ and for the larger world around you? Um, and I also want to ask you, um, as you move forward in your life, um, to do what's necessary um, to continue to prioritize um, deep spiritual friendships, because it doesn't come naturally. And when you move to a new city and have a busy job and live far away from people, um, it's, it's not going to come naturally or easily, um, but I'm, I'm begging you that you would um, see it as something worth um, pursuing and continuing to invest in, um, and that you would see um, your life of discipleship in Christ necessarily involves this kind of power of a two or power of a few. Um, you, you need those people. God um, gives those people, those friends to you as a gift, um, and he gives you to those people as a gift, um, but it's, it's a necessary gift also. 
Um, so my challenge, my invitation um, is that you would both hear um, and as you move on from here, um, pay attention and, and prioritize and pursue um, deep friendships. To cap off, um, I want to take you back one year ago, March 23rd, 2020. Um, the staff for my birthday there in early COVID, right after we got back from spring break. Um, it was early COVID. I had heard that their plan was to make me a giant waffle, like a waffle, an eight foot by eight foot waffle. I think that's a rumor. Um, but uh, instead of that, since it was COVID, um, they opted for, they all wrote me a poem and then they came to my house in the backyard where we were spaced and we had a giant bonfire and each of the staff recited me the poem that they wrote for me for my birthday. Um, which is obviously the greatest gift that anyone could read me. Um, and so to cap off uh, this talk of the power of two, Moses and Aaron, Reed and me, you and who, um, I want to read you the, the poem that Reed wrote for me. Slow motion, time traveling man, the world blazes by you, tortoise, only to find you already await us with a word. Namely, all along you proclaimed us dumb, crazy, beautiful, loved, and provided for, not least by your own hand. Wily-haired Santa Claus Jesus man, your two hands are strangers, unacquainted co-conspirators in covert cooperation to bring much to everyone and everything. The only word you don't know is ration. Mad contrarian, you say, I love you more than you know how to be loved, and also, I don't give a wit what you think of me. Stubborn, I only ever speak the painstaking, honest truth, yet you don't know me. But here, have all I own. Don't leave without as much as you can get. Do you contradict yourself? Very well. Vast, you contain one pure singularity. That is, you are a heart attack, willing one merciful thing to ceaselessly beat until you explode life all over everyone for the comfort of some, the disturbance of others, and the love of all. Amen and amen. <laughs>